It's crossover Thursday. It is presented by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. With all due respect, like Mark Jackson would say, to all of the other locked on hosts, I'm very excited for today's crossover. For the OG, my favorite guy on the whole network, Tony Wiggins. We're going to be breaking down this Jacksonville Jaguars-Tennessee Titans matchup with two fan bases that do not get along. But luckily, me and Tony get along when we need to. So we're going to dive into this one. We're going to start with some big storylines here. We're going to get into some matchups. We'll get into our predictions at the end of the show. Thanks for making Locked On Titans and Locked On Jaguars your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Tony, again, very excited to have you on. And I'm just going to start here before we really get into the storylines and stuff. Before the season, our little Locked On previews. Me and you like to go back and forth. We both like to have fun. Yeah. And I just got to say, man, I was wrong again. I bought into the hope. I bought into the DeAndre Hopkins hype. I thought the Titans would would give up a better effort than they have this year. I think you were the one who thought the Titans would finish last in the division, was your mm-hmm. prediction. And uh, I got to say, I just got to give credit to you once again. You 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 had it. You had it figured out from the start. It's not over yet. And I, I'm going to say that. And I'm going to say that because this time last year, we were going back and forth. And I had to hit you with, you damn right, the Jaguars are going to win the division. <laughs> and then they ended up being two and seven. And you were uh-huh. all over me. You were making fun of me. And I was like, yep. all right, it ain't over. And then they ended up doing it. So I'm not going to uh, let history repeat itself. I'm not going to sit here and start peacocking, and then all of this stuff falls apart, and then all of a sudden Will Levis gets hot like Trevor Lawrence did. <laughs> but, right. And I just laugh because it ain't going to happen. But still, I still uh, I still want to um, at least kind of remain humble a little bit. Uh, the Jacks got humbled last week a lot, so there's right. a lot of humble pie right now going around in this city. Well, just go ahead and and, and go off with that. What it, What is the storyline right now after – I know they, they won like five games in a row, playing very well, but then a loss like that at home – I guess a good team kind of does bring you down to earth. What's kind of the the vibe in Jacksonville right now? Well, the vibe is, let me make one small correction. They did win five in a row, but they were not playing well offensively. And the offensive line was in a little bit of a shambles. And it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't good when you have championship expectations. So one of the things that did happen was they ran into a team that was way better than losing three straight. Mm -hmm. That showed the Jaguars that they're not – as good as winning five straight. And they had the perfect blend of upper echelon talent combined with style of play that absolutely caused the Jaguars a bunch of problems. They punched them in the face. Not only did they punch them in the face, I think if you put all the players in a bag and snatch the top 10 players out of the bag, eight of them probably come from San Francisco. And yeah, um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. But it's the third time this year that's happened. It happened against KC, even though the score wasn't bad. Right. It happened against Houston early on when they lost 37 mm-hmm. to 17 or something like that. Yeah. And it happened the other day. The game was probably more of a 24 to 13 game, but it would have still left me with the same bad taste in my mouth because they lost yep. to the Chiefs 17 to 9, and it didn't seem like it was that close. It kind of got away from because a couple of weird, bad bounces of the ball. But that's what happens to you when – you go all year, don't play well, win five games in a row, start smelling yourself a little bit, and then reality punches you right in the mouth, and that's exactly what happens. So that's why everybody's 
folks were like, oh, here we go again. We're still here. They realized right. that those games that they lost early were not. The Chiefs game was the second game of the year. Okay, mm-hmm. second game of the year, new rookie left tackle. He had to block uh, Chris Jones. They didn't chip. I get it. Right. Houston was, ah, we took them lightly in. This one was now, you could always say, well, we won five straight and they won three. Uh-uh. I'm no longer looking yeah. at them individually. I'm looking at them collectively. They lost right. all three games the same way. So now you yeah. have a kryptonite that's identifiable, and that's a little bit of a problem because I don't believe a team with that problem that they've shown three straight that they can't fix. Because like I saw you say this on uh, social the other night. Ain't no offensive lineman that's going to help you just walking around here in the streets. Right. It's not like right. you can go to a – a farm and where's the trees with all alignment on it and go over there and and grab you two of them it just doesn't happen you don't see them in free agent you got to draft and develop those cats yep yep i'm with you they they don't have the championship pedigree they're okay they're all right and i hate being okay and all right at that position teams (laughs) that win it can bust you in the face when things aren't going well they just say run the ball right Right. And I think one thing that we we bring up or one thing that should be brought up is you look at the conversation about all the different wide receivers and this and that. The reason that Patrick Mahomes is still able to win, even though they let Tyreek Hill go, is because out of all those good teams in the AFC, the Bengals, the Bills, all that, who has the best offensive line? Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. And then you look at the Eagles in the NFC, who has the best offensive line in the NFC? Eagles. The Eagles. And second best? 49ers. 49ers. You know what I mean? And even you look at Houston, they have really good tackles, and they've been playing pretty well up front, even with some backup guys. So I understand a through line, and Titans fans will know that very well because the big storyline for the Titans is, is Will Levis going to survive this season? Because mm. he is, Tony, here's a number for you. And shout out to uh, Titan Stats on Twitter. Uh, will Levis has been hit the 13th most in the NFL this season. He's played three games. He's been pressured on... of his dropbacks. I mean, the Titans' offensive line, like the Jaguars' offensive line is not good enough for their expectations. But the Titans' offensive line is certainly far worse in a vacuum, just ranking it person by person. You know what I mean? And and the concern is, will Will Levis stay healthy? He said he's still confident. Mike Vrabel said they don't want to challenge that. But the reality is right now we're having a conversation of who's going to play left tackle Dylan Radins or maybe Jalen Duncan, a sixth round rookie, because the two guys ahead of them are hurt. They didn't play that well either. And Nicholas Petit Ferrer and Andre Dillard. And then Radins did not play well enough last week. Mike Vrabel said it himself, didn't play it to the standard. They're thinking about mixing in Duncan and Duncan's a project pick with, with a lot of athleticism and raw talent, but he shouldn't be playing in year one, let alone back being a blindside protector for your prized rookie quarterback. So The question really is, can Will Levis survive? Now, one thing I will say, Jacksonville hasn't been a big sack team. They've been getting pressure, but they haven't put up a bunch of sacks in in, in comparison with other teams. So maybe, maybe this week is an opportunity where the Titans could try to play a little bit better up front than they have in the last few weeks against Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. Uh, and maybe it'll be more like an Atlanta challenge than, than like a Pittsburgh challenge for the Titans with the Jags up front. And that might make it a trap game. Tony thinks I'm crazy, and I get it. And we're going to talk about some matchups in this game that may determine it and uh, see if the Titans even got a shot here to make this upset happen. But before we get into all of that. What is happening? I got to tell you about today's sponsor, which is DoorDash, man. That's right. DoorDash is the absolute truth, and I have been using them to death. Anybody that knows me understands that I went through surgery and I had a death in the family. So folks were sending me stuff 
left and right because I was wasn't in shape to leave the house and they're doing it locally. I moved to a new neighborhood and those people don't deliver. DoorDash does, Chan's Chinese right down the street. My favorite pizzeria, five miles to the left of my subdivision, all of them deliver. And you can get on on it too. All you got to do is get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23. I'm going to read that again. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Now, don't worry about if the restaurant delivers. Where about whether DoorDash does? And I'm telling you, they will. So make sure you use DoorDash. Super, super reliable food comes good, fast, and it always comes hot. And the folks do a really good job. So it's DoorDash. Make sure you download the DoorDash app. All right. Divisional rival, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. Like I said at the beginning, two fan bases that don't necessarily get along that mm. well. I think both of us are tired of being in the basement of the division. Both of us having some good success in the past five years here and there. Titans a little bit. Now it's moving to the Jags. So there's a lot riding on this. And, and both of us, both of these fan bases kind of feel uh, like the other one is the ugly one. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not the ugly one. They're the ugly one. No, they're uh, the, uh, you know, no, no, that's no, how no, they act. No, that's how we, they act. We know y'all are more ugly than us. That, oh, that, ain't, that, that ain't even a problem. Here so, we go. But. No, seriously, this goes back to when this franchise first started. The Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Lost three games in one year. They went 15-3, and three, and the only three games they lost were to the Titans, Tennessee Titans, Titans, Titans. And, and the late, great Steve McNair and Eddie George. The Jaguars still feel to this day if they had gone to the Super Bowl, they would have beat the Rams silly. And they probably would because they had a really, really good team that year, right? Right. And, and so, you know, the Titans have been like – I call them the ingrown toenail. And you remember that. You remember I said yeah, that yeah, a few yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So Haven't been so much as of late, but um, there's a whole new Jaguar team, and I think the Jaguars are – they're all right for the future. It's just that we just had to temper a little bit our expectations for what we what we are, who we are right now. And that's a great segue, Tony, into what I really wanted to talk about, and that's the new and improved Jaguars defense. Because I did mention maybe the sack numbers aren't there. I think they got 19 on the year, kind of in the in the middle of the road in the NFL. But their run defense has been very much improved. And you talk about the offensive struggles that they've had. Well. They're, what, 6-3 and three with all these offensive struggles that everyone in Jacksonville is worried about? Well, that can only happen with a defense that not only is playing well but getting turnovers. So what has been the difference this year from last year with the Jags' defense these first, you know, 10 weeks? I'll go front to back. Um, Josh Allen is on a fifth-year option, and he's playing lights out. Okay, Some Titans fans want him in free he agency. A, Come on over. He had, he had a couple of games where he went. He had three sacks in each game. I want to say he has somewhere like eight or nine right now. Yeah, he's been very good yeah. individually in the second. Well, well, what he's been is great in three or four games, but he also okay. has yeah. gotten pressure okay. in the rest of the game. Trayvon Walker, to me, right. is real, real good, man. And if you watch – I know you're a tape watch. If you watch the 49ers tape, Brock Purdy needs to pray that he got the ball. Because <laughs> Tray- uh, there were a couple of times when Trayvon got close, he drew a couple of holding penalties too. Mm-hmm. So – as of late, he has been a terror. He's already a terror in the run game. He does a lot of things that doesn't show up in the stats, and it's what they ask him to do. And I often, when folks sit here and go, well, him over Hutchinson, him over, well, they create things for Hutchinson to get sacks. They tell Trayvon to just do what he does. And, and other coaches rave about the fact that he's a game plan wrecker. So 
there's still, you know, a debate whether or not that's what you choose at number one. But I tell people all, all the time, number one isn't monolithic. Like there's not, there right. wasn't a franchise quarterback in that draft. So yeah, you want to take Sauce Gardner? Sure. Okay, fine. But hindsight is twenty twenty. He's a yeah. real, real good football player that every defensive coach would love to have. The middle, Devin Lloyd has really, really improved his play. Didn't have the greatest week Yeah, I know week he struggled week. at times last year. Didn't have the greatest week last week against George Kittle, but he's been right. better. And then in the secondary, they've been real good. Been a little bit unhealthy as of late, but they're kind of getting people back. Andre Sisco's played well. Darius Williams God, has been really, really go. good. And and Tyson Campbell's a very good player. Um, and Andre Sisco, like I said, Andre Sisco has been the truth. So they and Rayshon Jenkins, real good player. You know, he caused the fumble last year. The, right, the, the, right. The, so so they've been good. And and up to last week, they were really turning the ball over a lot. They were creating a lot of turnovers mm-hmm. and giving the Jaguars good field position. So they bought in. They get it. They understand. They play team defense. They stay within the scheme, and they don't chase sacks and interceptions. And they just let things come to them, and they're a very good team. Kind of reminds me of the old Titans over the last few years, just how they always just played tough and kept everything in front of them and then Mm -hmm. had opportunistic times, and they turned the ball over. Right. It's not always beautiful. It's not locked down 85 Bears defense, Mm -hmm. but they just seem to make a play when it matters most. And situational football is is the most important aspect of the game. I mean, that's something that Mike Vrabel talks about all the time, people who know. Play there that in the defense that you're talking about. That's why I'm looking on the Titans' offensive side. Can DeAndre Hopkins get going? Because when the Titans play well, it's usually a lot of DeAndre Hopkins. And with the players in the secondary playing a lot better, it's not like you know the individual names stand out to people. Although I think Andre Cisco should be a name that stands out to people going forward. It, the collective group is really solid, and I think whether DeAndre Hopkins can get open against those guys, whether they press Hopkins. Hopkins has played a lot better on off coverage than he has press coverage. I think that's one of the signs of kind of his decline uh, as he gets older is he doesn't deal as well with press because he doesn't have the strength that he did in his athletic prime. So how the Jags kind of deal with Hopkins, um, I think that's going to be important, the Hopkins versus the defensive back matchup. But on the other side of the ball, you talk about the offensive line has kind of been the one thing that you've pointed out. For me, that's obviously where the Titans have to win. You know, like I know, the last few years, the Titans' defensive line has been what the team is really built on with Derrick Henry on the other side. It's all about getting pressure, and when the Titans get consistent pressure, the defense plays well, like the first half of the game last week against Tampa Bay. But when the pressure kind of falls off, that's when the Titans' defense looks terrible and the secondary is the worst and people are freaking out. So for me, it's about that Jags offensive line because that's the one weakness on the offense. The skill position, I saw somebody on social the other day say that Trevor Lawrence's supporting cast isn't great, isn't good. And I'm like, yeah, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, send them to Tennessee then. We'll, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's a good supporting cast. But I agree the offensive line may be the area where where it's not good. So if Jeffrey Simmons, Arden Key, potential revenge game, Autry has kind of been inconsistent as he gets closer to 34. If the Titans' pass rush can dominate the game, I think they give the Titans a chance to force a turnover, help their offense, and kind of stay in it. So what are your, I guess, what's your view on the the Jags' offensive line right now and how they match up with Simmons and crew? Simmons is a, is a problem for everybody. I don't care who you are. You can have <laughs> you can have Zach Martin, and he would be a problem. But even with Zach Martin, Martin would win sometimes. You know, yes. you're not going to yes. beat a guy like a pinata all day, right? Right, right. So the interior of the Jags line is where they've struggled the most. Mm. I'm not. So, I'm not so much worried right now. Last week, you got you're dealing with Bosa and Chase Young, and that's a problem for a whole bunch of people, right? Mm-hmm. This week, 
I'm not so much concerned uh, concerned about the line getting whipped so bad that it affects the game. Right. Because I think some of the things that they do, getting the ball out quick and all of that, I think that negates it. It's just that the 49ers telegraphed their game plan. And see, this is when you know you have a problem. They told you what they were going to do. Right. We're going we're gonna to press. We're going to take quick, take those quick little passes away because the Jaguars really like to go horizontal, horizontal. Yep. And then like the Super Bowl Giants. Right. They we're just going, lined up going, said we're doing this. We'll beat you. Going sideways. Seahawks. Yep, yeah. going sideways. We're throwing it out, throwing it out, throwing mm-hmm. it out, getting the ball out quick. What are you going to do? They have a bunch of basically slot receivers. Right. Christian Kirk, they don't have a true X. So they're getting the ball to their guys in space, throwing it to Travis Etienne and making you tackle. They're not allowing their offensive line to cost them the game. Well, last week, the 49ers said, you know what? We're taking all of that stuff away. We're going to make him work to his second read. We're going to take that away. We're going to make him work to his third read. But here's the problem. He ain't going to have time to get to it. And that's exactly what happened. So you got to be able to philosophically do that. One way to keep them, one way to make sure that they don't get there is to try to keep them off the field. Yeah, well, that would require running the ball for the Titans, which I think uh, is something that they've really struggled with. They they went this offseason and p- got more guys who are more pass-blocking oriented to try to help, and in the process, because they didn't do enough, they got a line that can't pass-block or run-block. So that's been that's been exciting. But we're going to talk about you know what might make the difference in this game, whether it be turnovers, run-blocking, any of that. Also, give our predictions on how this game is going to finish up. Before we dive into all of that, though, Do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together about the wins, the losses, who's going to start, who sits. I'm thankful for that connection that we have, but today I do want to chat about something that's a little more personal. So I learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications. Um, you realize what that means? Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster, supply chain issue. Doesn't matter. You are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Revatio prescriptions, none of that. And it's possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com and you can receive your 12-month supply of daily medication. Remember to use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Chase, quote, I am thankful For this service, supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone, end quote. If you or someone you love would get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see what it has to offer for you. That's Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Remember, use that promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. All right, we are going to cap off this crossover Thursday, week 11 crossover Thursday between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. We talked about the big storylines. We talked about some of the matchups that we're looking at as well. Now I want to kind of dive into our predictions in this game, what we think is going to happen before we get into it. Thank you guys again for making Locked On Titans and Locked On Jaguars your first listen each and every day. Do want to also tell you guys about 
Locked On launching a brand new 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. That's right, 24-7 sports coverage on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts from Locked On, plus national shows covering the entire league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Be a part of history. With that being said, though, Tony, yeah, got out locked on, man. Locked on Empire doing big things. So proud, right, baby. You know what net. time it is. You yeah. know, you better get locked yeah. in with locked yeah. on. That's yeah. what you need to be locked doing. That's right. On. Right, right. Two company men here. But in this game, I, I've joked throughout the episode, I think it's a trap game. And I think it is a trap game. But it doesn't mean that the Titans are going to win. I think this game is going to be closer. When I woke up on Monday morning, I'm like, I'm predicting 31-6, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> like, but with it being a division game, I think not even just the AFC South, division games in general around the NFL, you know your opponent so well that they tend to be close games. They they just tend to know. You know what I mean? Especially with the Titans and the Jags who have had the same coaches the last few years, unlike Houston and Colts who just got new coaches. So I think with some of the familiarity the Titans will be able to play better than they normally do. Um, I think with some of the matchup things, the Jags having a mismatch on the offensive line with the Titans defensive line, and then the Jags pass rush maybe not being quite to the level of some of the pass rushes the Titans have seen recently. I think that the the big strengths for the Jaguars don't necessarily match up with the Titans' biggest weaknesses, which will allow the Titans to, to keep it close. But at the end of the day, the Jags are at home. The Titans have lost eight straight road games. I don't think that the Titans will be able to make the big play at the end of the game when it matters most. I think Jacksonville will make the big play at the end, just like we saw at the end of the game last year. Controversy, wasn't a fumble, this and that. I don't know. But I just think whether it be the refs siding with the home team, whether it be legitimate that the Titans make a mistake and the Jags make a play, either way, I think the Jaguars make the big play at the end. I'm going to go 23-13. to I think this is like 16-13 in the third quarter, 16-10 in the third quarter, and Jacksonville gets a turnover, turns it into a touchdown that kind of ices it. It's 23-10, 23-13 with six minutes left, and the Titans just can't get anything going to get it closer. So I got 23-13 Jacksonville, but I think the Titans make the Jags sweat a little bit in this one. Yeah, I think it's 19-14 in the fourth quarter. The Jaguars probably have four Brandon McManus field goals. <laughs> And then they make a big play and Trevor Lawrence maybe hits Christian Kirk or Calvin Mm -hmm. Ridley for a clinching touchdown. And I think they pull it away 26 to 14. I I do believe, though, that D-Hop does have a pretty good day. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I think Will Levis will have the the type of day that will keep you intrigued of of whether or not he's going to keep up with Trevor Lawrence and C.J. Stroud in the division. And, and give Titans fans something to look forward to. But here's what I, I chalk it up to being a close game. They still have Derrick Henry, right, even though they still got a block for him. They still have Jeffrey Simmons. They still have Mike Vrabel. And to me, that means a lot because the one thing about Vrabel teams is it's almost like playing a Dan Campbell team. And I know I'm not comparing him to Dan Campbell. I'm comparing Dan Campbell to him. He's a former player who is one of those former players that if you had to pick – one or two coaches that's going to fight in a bar with you. Well, I just mentioned both of them, right? So um, I think his team is going to fight. I think they're going to come out and they're going to scrape. They're going to scratch. They're going to fight. 
And I think they're playing a team that they believe may be licking their wounds a little bit. Mm-hmm. Zay Jones got arrested for uh, misdemeanor domestic violence. Right. right. Then some person that owns a smoke shop put out a video of Calvin Ridley buying backwoods. And oh, we God. all know what backwoods are used for. I, I mean, <laughs> shout out to backwoods. Somebody might be smoking them straight out of the pack. But most of the people I know, they're unwinding them, breaking them up yeah, and dropping everything no. out. And they're putting something else in it, right? <laughs> right? So that's the big insinuation. And then Doug Peterson, before all of that happened, came out and said, what are, what are you doing away from here? Are you studying? Are you doing it? Well, apparently they're fighting women and they're smoking the, the, the good yeah. stuff. So the thing is, is there's a little bit of soul searching that, that has to happen with this team because even though they're six and three, they kind of got slapped real bad and everybody mm-hmm. saw it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. he hit you. What you going to do about it? So you can either be too eager to fight back like a guy running track. You want to win so bad you pull your hamstring because you lose form or you get it together, but it just takes a while because you're playing a gritty group of NFL players that don't want you to get better. So I think the Jags have a nip and tuck game the whole way. I don't think they're ever in danger of losing the game. And then I think they pull away at the very end. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's insane. And honestly, to to be real with you, Tony, and some people don't agree with this, who listen to the show and like the team or whatever, that that might be the best thing that can happen for the Titans going forward is moral victories. To keep that draft pick as high as it possibly can to give you a chance at one of these tackles, to give you a chance at Marvin Harrison Jr., but at the same time still have hope in Will Levis and continue to see growth there, that, that ultimately might be what it like if you look at the Jags, you know, Trevor Lawrence had a terrible first year and Urban Meyer was pretty much all at fault for that. But, you know, they were able to get some good talent in that draft with the picks that they had. And then the next year, boom, all of a sudden they're winning the division. Trevor Lawrence is a guy. The next year they're six and three. They're dominating the division so far, or not dominating, but they look like they're, you know, the leader in the, of the pack. And some teams are having Super Bowl expectations of the Jags. So I think things change very quickly. In the NFL, if you hit on that quarterback and you can get some good talent on the team. So I think at the end of the day, what may be best for the Titans is for Will Levis to look good, have some good moments, have some moral victories, but to keep the actual victories low so the Titans can add quality high-end talent that they are desperately, desperately missing on the roster. That, boy, that may be the best thing that could happen here. Boy, you sound like somebody I know very well. I told you before the show, I've told you several times who it reminds me of too. You, I, I don't know <laughs> I how did an you, interview with him this week. Too, yeah, I know right? that's my boy. I don't know. You're talking about Ryan Green, my, my former radio partner. Right, right. I don't know how you, I don't believe in moral victory. Me personally. I get, I just it. Think, I get it. I just think winning. You're preaching to the choir. You, some of my listeners winning, winning kind of teaches you how to win. Uh, didn't help Brian Daybow because he won last year with an unsustainable way. Now they're looking just like people thought they were going to look. Right, but right. it's because I think they made too many mistakes at quarterback. But we're going to talk about our team, not Patricia Trainer's Giants. <laughs> yeah, so, shout out to Patricia. Yeah, shout out to Patricia. Go. Where would you guys, if the draft was tomorrow, where would you pick right now? Uh, I believe right now the Titans would be eighth. Okay. So that's too low for the two quarterbacks, which yeah. you probably are happy about because – Yes. You kind of want to stick with Will if he yep. continues to show, even though I probably wouldn't. I, that's just me. Right. That's I, fair. I, I, yeah. I just take, I'd be yeah. like, sure thing. I just want I one of the you. tackles or Marvin Harrison Jr., one of those three players. And I well, think get, being well, in the top five Harrison is the only. Jr. I'm going to tell you right, about the I don't want y'all to end up with him, but if you need a wide receiver. So, Traylon Burks, y'all done with him? Um, to be honest with you, Tony, that's been a big conversation. I, I said it on Wednesday. At some point, you have to plan as if he's not going to be around because he's just shown two seasons. He can't stay on the field. When he's on the field, he's not that productive. If I'm the Titans and I have $100 million in cap space, like just for 
argument's sake, if the Titans get the third pick and $100 million in cap space, I'm signing one of T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk, and I'm drafting Marvin Harrison Jr., and I'm having Ayuk or Higgins with Hopkins in the slot and then Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side and saying, we're going the Bengals route. We'll worry about the O-line later. This is elite. Like, I don't think you can pass on a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. And if you can do that, who cares about Traylon Burks? Who cares? It was a mistake to trade A.J. Brown. Cut your losses. I think if they could trade him for a third or a fourth round pick, they should do it immediately. And and one team called this trade deadline about it. So Let me give you a name. I'm going to help you out. You ain't getting Marvin Harrison Jr. if he ain't the top two. So I'm going to give you a name. I know. Keon Coleman from Florida Keon State. Coleman. Listen to yep. me, man. I don't even want him to go over there because I'm a Florida State fan. So that's But if it's my- not Marvin Harrison Jr., I want the Titans to take one of the offensive tackles. You know what I mean? If Co- none Coleman. of those three players are available, then fine. Yeah. But I'm taking Alt or Fashanu over any other wide receiver except Marvin Harrison Jr. This is yeah. the biggest conversation in Titans Twitter right now. But yeah, I got it's you. funny to bring it up. Yeah. Well, it all but. play itself out, man. I haven't gotten myself to the point where I can think much about next year because there's still enough blue sky with oh, this well, year. It's just guys, so yeah. funny when you have these expectations of winning a championship. Mm-hmm. You guys probably know what it was. Maybe not last year, but the years before that, we all were right there with the Bengals yeah. and you're right there. We with had the AJ team. Brown. That's right. You're sitting there thinking, like, do we have enough? And at some point, you kind of get the idea. The only way you have enough to win it all is if things have to be perfect. And I think that's what the, mm-hmm. where the Jaguars are. It's just the one thing you can't get by is not being able to block people on the offensive line. And I know a lot of people have been giving me grief, and I know we got to go here. A lot of people, mm-hmm. people have been telling me, well, the Bengals and the Rams – uh, went to the Super Bowl and they had bad offensive line. Yeah, they also had a whole bunch of Hall of Famers running around everywhere. And <laughs> they played else. against each other. I'm sure if one of them had a good offensive line, they would have been the ones who won the game, right? Yep. So uh, the thing is, is to win the ultimate thing, you have to do things. The game comes down to blocking and tackling. Something that y'all have done very well over the years mm-hmm. and something that the Jaguars need to actually do better. So we'll see how it goes on Sunday. It'll be interesting to watch. That'll do it for a crossover Thursday, week 11. I'm Tyler Rowland, host of Locked on Titans. That's Tony Wiggins, host of Locked on Jaguars. Make sure to make Locked on Titans and Locked on Jaguars your first listen.